Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malik Force. And we are discussing The Iron Horse, a Lieutenant Blueberry story written by Jean-Michel Charlier and Jean-Mobius Giraud and drawn by John Giraud. What an amazing story. I, I really hadn't read very many of these Blueberry stories before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like an epic film on paper. Yeah. It's the only disappointing thing is that you got to read the next one. <laughs> I know it's a real to be continued. It's like an American uh, comic book. I thought, you know, it'd be end one and done, but it's not a necessarily one and done. I mean, there is a finish, there's an end, but the bad guy doesn't necessarily get it in the end. No, there's not really a resolution, uh, but it's still a great story, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, some great, amazing, of course, amazing art. But it's kind of the theme of the last few weeks, just how many amazing artists there are out there who, yeah. or, or, you know, looking at all these amazing artists. And his art in this work is just magnificent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to point out is Jethro, you know, Steelhand. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets out, he's clean shaven in the... Um, it's just the storytelling is amazing too. I mean, like Mobius, I'm just going to call him Mobius and say Jean Giraud because he's amazing. And uh, he, um, Jethro, the bad guy, when he was in prison, he was clean shaven. And then you hear one panel, him saying like, yeah, I've been writing for two days. I haven't slept. And you see that he's got like a, you know, his beard has been growing. It's like, I, I don't know if like the attention to detail is amazing. The figure work is amazing. The storytelling is great. Ugh good stuff yeah the sense of proportion the sense of distance and the way he does action scenes yeah it's all just sensational mm-hmm. and even down to the details on the costumes that, that's like i'll call him Giraud. i don't know why uh-huh. uh, <laughs> just like it has such a perfect attention to detail mm-hmm. yes yeah, so Basically, there's a conflict between rail, two different railroad companies, and our man, Lieutenant Blueberry, is brought in to kind of help to at least allow the railroad to be completed. I like how the story starts with other stuff having happened already in Blueberry's life, right? We meet him, and he's in prison, and you know he's, he's been doing stuff to cause himself to be in prison. He has people who hate him. He has relationship with other people. Like this is like really nice, subtle continuity also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Blueberry's quite kind of, we know he's part of this world and we very quickly understand that he has connections to these various people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like the character. I mean, this is the first, I've had all these, uh, all the, most of the American trades uh, probably all the ones that were printed in English. And this is the first time I've been reading it because they're so expensive to get. And uh, it's really cool. I love the characterization. I think he's basically, he's like the refined, he's a soldier, but he's very refined. He's friends with you know, Native Americans. He, he's one of the few guys that takes a bath more than once a month, you know? <laughs> right. Actually, that's, that's one of the, one of the stories in the or one of the things that's character that's mentioned in the book which is really fun he's going to get a discount because he takes more baths than just (laughs) once a month he plays guitar 
Oh yeah. And he uh, also knows how to talk to like his generals and stuff. But yeah, also mm-hmm. to the to the Indians. Mm-hmm. We'll call them Indians because in this story they're Indians, not mm-hmm. Native Americans, so to speak. Well, one thing about this story, maybe a little bit of a background on it. It was written in nineteen, or it was created in nineteen sixty-seven, hmm. and then reprinted by Marvel in nineteen ninety-one. It's incredible, right? And the Marvel had to like go beyond in order to keep the coloring faithful to how Mobius colored. They actually kept Mobius's colors, which is this is not how Marvel did it. This, the quality is higher. And maybe this is why it's really difficult to buy these. They're so expensive is because they're nine bucks in nine in 91, mm-hmm. where comics were like a dollar back then, right? Yeah. But the graphic novels, yeah, it was a dollar cover price, but the graphic novels were six, seven, eight dollars. But like you, you think about it too, how many copies would have been sold in the US? It's published by Marvel, but it's a Western drawn by a French artist. Yeah. Pretty obscure, right? And if, if you really think about graphic novels, they weren't really popular back then. And you would get more if you were to get a compilation. You'd get like, this is one story for nine bucks. If you were to get a graphic novel, you get like 10 stories or I don't know, six stories for like seven, eight bucks, you know, which is, and, and the quality was obviously not as good as this. I was able to get this in this compilation published by Graffiti Designs, mm-hmm. which is still available on their website for $50, signed with a signed book plate by Mobius or Giraud, which just is so, wow. it's just a beautiful piece too. Oh, that's great. I, I may have to get that because um mine is a thin trade paperback from like uh you know i would be worried about it falling apart it is already bent up and out of shape uh but to continue yeah this is like the perfect bound and everything Mm -hmm. uh but to continue on in the story so very quickly uh blueberry is released from jail and we see him and his buddy kind of going through the country and by page three of the story, we're getting these amazing desert vistas. The top panel we see him, it might be Monument Valley. And you see the tiny horses against the giant monument behind them. Looks like something out of an old John Ford Western. And then we see them wandering through the rain and looks like a Clint Eastwood, a scene from a Clint Eastwood movie. And then we see them in, in a valley with these giant mountains behind them or hills hills behind them and everything just looks so vast and these look like tiny men in the middle of a giant vast landscape it's just as you were saying it's just beautifully done i guess it's page five or six yeah i mean god he spent so much time doing this Mm-hmm. but also it's probably he's probably fast you know he's gonna make i love the clouds you know on the previous page where they're like you see the cloud i always try to whenever i draw clouds i always try to steal that style well and that actually looks like how the clouds look in the in the southwest like i'm not sure if he ever traveled there but it looks so right on to how the, how the appearance is it's like the bubbly little bubbly things i love the drawing yeah they're very high up in the sky like have you have you traveled much in the southwest 
I have not. No, I've only this looks been a lot Florida. like what what we've seen when we've traveled through there. I've only seen this in Western movies, <laughs> which probably maybe the ones I've seen were done in Italy. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's some of the best ones, anyway. Uh, and then they get involved in this whole issue of the, the whole issue of they end up getting involved trying to or getting caught up in a buffalo stampede. Mm-hmm. And so we shift from Mobius showing these giant vistas to these incredible action scenes. Mm-hmm. Something that Mobius is not known for, right? He's known for these, these giant uh, sci-fi type stories, which are abstract. But in this case, like the minute, the fear of these buffalo overriding Blueberry and his buddy are so intense, right? Mm-hmm. And that there's the page where they're where Blueberry comes up with the idea of creating a Molotov cocktail for uh, stopping the buffalo. And that's the whole page. is just drawn and colored with such intensity to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His coloring really emphasizes the, the fear of the moment, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. His coloring and his, his black inks just a dirty, not dirty, yeah, kind of dirty cowboy lifestyle. And even like, there's like little small things that show how great he is at the action art. Like at the very, the very last panel on page seven, you see the two men shooting and the action lines of their, just like their uh, shirts, just emphasize the action. And the way the, the buffalo is running at them, at that weird angle, like the be- it's just a perfectly composed action panel. Mm-hmm. And the whole story is full of that, especially this page. The first panel of the page also, when they're leaning, he's leaning off the back of his horse trying to shoot, um, it's just so full of energy. I mean, all the buffaloes look different too. It's incredible. Like he took so much care for this, what really amounts to like a popcorn comic, right? It's not like it's gonna win like, I don't know, whatever the equivalent at Angoulême Awards, right? It's, and like all the, there's like a little baby buffalo. There's a buffalo that's got its back, doesn't have as much hair in the front. It's amazing. Like the attention to detail, the amazing storytelling. And of course, like the great art, you know, like figure work and action. It's amazing. Yeah, the guys, the guy was. And this, this is even before he became the legend, you know, it's funny. Right. Right. And part of it is he had time to actually work on this, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't like John Buscema having to draw 40 pages a month. Yeah. But still, like the, the attention to craft and detail. It's just amazing. Do you know how long, uh, what was the rate that these books would be put out in France? I'm going to guess it was about three or four volumes a year. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Based on how many there are? Because, I mean, that would amount to the same as a 12 issue. I'd heard that it's like once a year or something. But he did something like 20 different Blueberry albums. Oh, right, right, okay. So, I mean, it's kind of my guess. I should have done that research, I suppose. 
I mean, they probably came out in 30 years. They did 20. Yeah, well, that actually amounts to about once a year, actually. But it's not like he didn't do other things. So, but yeah, maybe you, these are like, it took him a long time, but it's amazing. Like for somebody to have not lived in America, not known about all these areas, where did he get the picture? I mean, you yeah. know, he did go to Mexico and he lived there for a little while. But I don't know if that was after Blueberry or not. But like you're saying, yeah, like on the on page eight, when the buffalo are kind of circling them and you see all the different, like every buffalo is drawn differently and there's the young one and the, the hair is different on each of them. Like that attention to detail is just like, it's not even necessary, right? No one would have, no one would have looked at this book weirdly if the buffalo all looked the same. But he, he has such an eye for detail that he has to do for everything right on. Mm -hmm. And there, that's just true throughout the book, right? You get to the next page and there's the, you see this, the top, uh, the top left panel is the uh, view down from the cliffside, and you see the buzzards flying around the different buffalo and all the buzzards are drawn differently. And he's got these perfect craggy details on mm -hmm. the cliff. He even makes a point of drawing a shadow coming from a tree on another cliff mm -hmm. just to add just a little touch of like real life to it. Mm. it, it it's just an astonishing level of detail. But the people are also still drawn in proportion and they look like real people. Like he doesn't even distort anything there. Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to have nothing but praise for this book, I think. Uh -huh. I had a question. Uh, so this is just like a, not process, but like something on the page. You know, in the bottom right-hand corner, you see these numbers that he put in, like he mm -hmm. puts in like 8, 8B or like, like there's something B, 21B. Are those color guides, you think? Or what do you think they are? No, they were, uh, when the book was serialized, that's the way he would, they, they those the pages that they were that he was drawing so it's just the page numbers oh really because some of the pages they don't they're not back to back oh okay i get it okay. yeah and the, he drew them as half tiers for some reason that's why that's a and b oh, oh wow good knowledge <laughs> good to know yeah that much i knew oh so it's half drawn okay so that's interesting yeah they're drawn as half tiers and he only breaks the half tier style a few times in the book. One is during and, the during and the what does half shooting. tier mean? Can you maybe talk he drew a little bit about a half page? Half a page at a time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, that's the way they published them at the time, or something like that. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, do you think that this was also published in like newspapers or something like that, or or it kind was of like realized in a basically the French, one of the French versions of heavy metal. Ah, okay. Got it. Okay. That makes I a lot of sense. Think, I think I should have done this Something research too. Right it was done in like a, this Aswivra magazine, which is basically continued stories. So he would have been doing work next to folks like Tardy and Jodorowsky. Ah, okay. It'd be like uh, Shonen Jump or something where you get serialized versions of- Right, right. Like, like some type of series. version of- Right, right. That makes sense. That's interesting. That's really interesting to, to think about. So that's part so, of it too. Like he was doing these stories and you get two or three pages 
every month or so. So yeah, that's probably it. It's like maybe like eight pages or something a month he would probably do because he's doing like pencils, inks, colors, letters. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's probably the pace they did them. So mm -hmm. maybe do two a year. Mm -hmm. That sounds right. It's interesting. He follows this kind of two-tier approach, really like, what would that be? Three, six, nine, 12, 12 panel areas per page, but mm -hmm. he continually breaks up the pages in ways that are different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he has a large, large panel at the top, sometimes at the bottom, and then sometimes he breaks out, like um, what's on page 11 when Blueberry and his buddy are fighting. He has a white, or he removes the panel borders so you can really he can really emphasize the action. Mm -hmm. Other times you get these large vista scenes, like on the same page, when the Indians are are um, kind of coming together. You get that longer, kind of taller panel, which mm -hmm. emphasizes all of them together. I mean, the storytelling mastery in this. This is early in his career, mm -hmm. so the storytelling mastery is just. It. Uh, off the hook. Mm -hmm. I like that the way he's also formulated his uh, or drawn his friend who's drunk, like the, the drunk or alcoholic friend that he has. He's kind of like the, and it shows another aspect of Mobius so people don't recognize that he can draw like cartoony as well as real real life, you know? Because I know in American comics, you usually get like somebody who's like, you know, the perfect form, but they're not really cartoony and, and vice versa. So I guess cartoony people can do. But I mean, just he's got all the talents. And I like, you know, his, fun, his funny alcoholic friend. Yeah, who still is able to help him. Yeah. Classic was... Western character. Right? A funny alcoholic dude. Which is actually <laughs> kind of sad. Yeah, I wonder if that could even apply today, right? Yeah. But yeah, Jethro, the villain. Now, I mentioned about the villain, Jethro, Steelhand. I have not read any other issues. So I don't, I'm, I'm assuming he was from previous issues. And of course, we're probably going to see him in the next issues because he didn't, nothing really happens to him here. Mm -hmm. But it's, in, I like, I like that character. It's pretty cool. I could see Charles Bronson playing him. Oh, he does seem like a Charles Bronson character. What do you like about him? Just a bad guy. <laughs> He's like a, I mean, if you really think about this, like a superhero comic, maybe like a Batman type of thing. I mean, not that I want to compare it to Batman. I think it's probably more, much superior, at least right now for me, but like most Batman comics, but um, he is like that villain that it almost seems like a regular American comic where like they capture the villain, they put him in jail and then they run. The villain runs away. But mm -hmm. for some reason, this just seemed more realistic because you could tell, like, you know, people getting paid off. There's like an actual reasoning behind it, you know? And hopefully that doesn't happen to him over and over again. So next time he's captured, I'm hoping he's going to get captured and there'll be new villains, you know? He's also part of this larger conspiracy. So he has like a really clear motivation for why he acts that way. But he also seems like kind of a sadist. He seems to love torturing people with his steel hand oh yeah yeah i like how he actually does beat up blueberry when they meet the first time mm -hmm. maybe love isn't the right word for it 
but like blueberry carries around that black eye for a while mm-hmm. it's like you were saying attention to detail like it's like that men- the thing you mentioned earlier about the beard right the black mm-hmm. eye lasts for a while and slowly goes down as we watch the story Part of the reason I noticed it, because I've been wondering about Steelhand's mustache, because he's got this weird, like, mustache where, he, again, like, I think it's pretty accurate to the times where, like, it's, it's on the side of his mouth, but not in the middle, right below his nose, is all shaved. And I was all like, I guess he can't grow it, but then, no, you can't, you see that he can grow it, he shaves it deliberately. It is a weird mustache. Yeah definitely a weird mustache i thought the way they showed the chinese who takes blueberry in and gives him his bath was nice too very subtly like he's not a stereotype in any way he's not even colored that differently like for 1968 you would absolutely expect him to be talking in that kind of awful mongrel speech and be colored gold or something but instead, like he speaks normally, he's Blueberry's buddy. I think that relationship is very nice. Yeah, I think the Native Americans are presented well too, even though you know they are they they become an adversary due to a you know a misunderstanding. They're still like when they're t- speaking amongst each other, they don't have that like red beard must go, you know that kind of thing. They actually speak like so. Really, when they're speaking in English, that, that you know there's a translation issue, but not translation issue but you know like they're they're the way they speak but it's really like respectful and i know that mobius was really and i don't know this is when he went to he came to america but he is respectful of native americans because he actually had that there was a comic that he did like an eight pager about um i think it was uh, it was created by dark horse um and paul chadwick curated it and he had a like an eight pager about like you know native americans um, which was really cool. I think I remember that from the documentary about him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so progressive, but for so we're saying so many great things about this book. It's progressive for the time. It's got great storytelling. The art is gorgeous. The story just is completely compelling. Mm-hmm. And the Honestly, action scenes. Go ahead. So this is this is from France. So I'm sure they're more progressive than we were in 1961. No, I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure, but I assume. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't around back then. Neither, none of us were. I wasn't in France in 1968, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then we get the shootout at the bar. Mm-hmm. And again, Mobius draws the hell out of the detail in this, in this sequence. You know, oh, yeah, that's a cool shootout. Yeah, you get such an idea of where everybody is and how the events just escalate on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny too, because his, like there's hilarity too, like Jimmy, like uh, when some beer bottles break and he's trying to drink and then Blueberry shoots his bottles like, gee, just pay attention to this. <laughs> well, in that little tiny sequence, that little three, three panel sequence is just like a perfect little instance of like the camera staying steady and stuff changing inside the, the panel. It's just really nicely done. Just a tiny little throwaway sequence, just gorgeously done by Mobius. Yeah. I'm curious as to what parts Mobius added and what parts uh, Charlier. 
Yeah, that's a good quite good question. Because the book lists Gerard, I guess I should say, as the co-writer, co-creator, mm -hmm. to be exact. I think about this. I think it's the same edition you have. It just public collected differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like during this, the fire sequence he changes the color palette to be full of reds and oranges and yellows. Uh, other sequences where they're wandering through the desert, it's a lot more, a lot brighter, much more use of earth tones. It's like he really is like targeting the coloring to fit the, the sequences he's telling. And I mean, compare that to American comics in 1968, like that was incredibly innovative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The coloring is innovative for 1991. Yeah, right. Right. Seriously. And, you know, I don't think it would work. It would work as well with that full process type color we have now. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always amazed at how they did this, you know, and like the six, like they just spent more money on it. That's it. That, that was the difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, a book like this probably sold a lot more than an American comic did. And then they, collected it into albums mm -hmm. right so this sold for the equivalent of nine dollars in 1968 oh yeah. yeah in france right they have the hardcover albums mm -hmm. like tintin was published in right that kind of that kind of style for everything mm -hmm. and so they knew they were going to get money in the back end yeah and then we get the, the escape of I'll skip ahead a little bit we get the escape of steel fingers and again, this shows everything that's great about this book. There's the kind of corny escape plan, but it pays off perfectly well. So we get the comfort of the corny escape plan. But Mobius draws the sequence just gorgeously. Again, we're coming through these canyons. And he draws this train perfectly coming through the canyon. And you get the, the cliffs behind him. You get trees all around it. You get the horses running or running through the uh, angle of the train tracks you get this perfect perspective of the different horses uh you get how they're surrounding the train too like they're not just coming in a straight line but they're kind of arranged in a very specific way that they can attack it like the level of detail and just cleverness with this is again just amazing yeah, I like the part that they also, when they blow up the train tracks, they, you know, that panel, I think it's pages this. That's the last page, right? Uh, no, no, no. This is when they're running, they escape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they're right. blowing up, it's like the, the foreground is actually in like kind of like, not silhouette, but it's like basically the point is not to look at the foreground, it's the background that matters. Mm hmm. Because you want you want the attention on the train tracks blowing up, because the previous panel had a dynamite there, and so the colors on the bad guys, you know, riding away from the train tracks is like just, you know, it's just just to show that there are people running away, but the focus is on the background, which is really like great storytelling. The coloring really helps on that too, and it gives you depth. Yeah. Yeah, depth. It's got such perfect depth. And even the next panel, right? We get this whole large vista 
that shows the entire landscape, which actually shows like how far they're going to be going. Mm -hmm. The last panel on that page when there's people on both sides of the river riding their horses. Mm -hmm. Such a such a sense of space. But yeah, and um I think it's uh I, I love I love talking. It's just so good. Good stuff. And then I, I think what I also like about this story is that you know Blueberry had a plan and it all goes to crap. Mm -hmm. And it's he's not like Batman, where like, okay, at the end of the issue, it's resolved. You know, it's like, no, actually, no. I was like, we only had three pages left. Is this gonna get resolved? I was like, no. Jethro, you know, captures his men. Jethro shoots the Native Americans and they're mad at Blueberry. Now his relationship is broken. And at the end, he has to get back to town to save the, you know, the engineers and stuff. Or not save, but just try to run away from the Native Americans. And the only solace you have is they didn't die. Right. Right. It's left so completely unresolved. And you just get the feeling that things are going to get worse as we go on with these books. So he's they're playing the long game with this story. Mm -hmm. And even like, you know, the base of the story is having the train completing the train basically from the Atlantic to the Pacific. But the climax of the issue is blowing up is the, the name is blowing up a, a, a railroad railroad bridge. So yeah. right there we get the fact that you know now this project is way behind. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be more anger and vengeance and people being uh, you know the business uh, the white business people being angry that they're going to lose money, right? Yeah. So there's like, that rivalry. I think the rivals are going to get to build a railroad. Yeah. That, that was another thing that was really interesting. I didn't know about history. I'm sure this is the truth is like they got to own the amount of land as long as they built as fast as they could. So whoever was able to build the railroad faster, they own more land, which is crazy. And I like how the interest is literally a gold rush because it kind of yeah. was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got to call out one, like the last two pages, especially like the art all through the book is just astonishing. Mm -hmm. But the top of page 45, when we see all the Indians oh, yeah. racing towards that train and the, the incredible amount of work he puts into drawing every the, the action in that scene, like it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Like there's just such a sense of the train just being completely overwhelmed by all the attackers. I don't think you could even, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie, I'll put it that way. Mm. In movie, it'd be too expensive. You know how yeah. much you would pay to hire all those actors who can ride? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, now you just put a special effects like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be the same though. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the last page with the with them blowing up the bridge too. It just feels so visceral and mm -hmm. powerful as it happens. You know, when, we, when the bridge itself actually breaks in the middle of page 46, like mm -hmm. it just, he draws it in a way that like you really feel like the train was incredibly lucky to get across the tracks. Mm -hmm. And then it climaxes with that look of I don't know. I don't know how to, to say to describe the look on Blueberry's face on the in the last panel. Maybe determination. 
But on top of everything else, like Mobius could draw faces amazingly well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would have never read this if we hadn't talked about well, I probably would have eventually read it, but I, I wouldn't have read it now if we hadn't decided to read it. I'm so glad we read this. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. It was, I'm glad too. I guess I have to read the rest of it. I don't know if I have the rest of it. It might not be in English, printed in English. It's worth checking the Graffiti Designs website mm -hmm. if you got a few extra dollars. What are we oh. reading next time again? Um, gosh, I don't. Is it a? Is it a da David Boring or? Yeah, let's do David Boring next time. We'll go to something completely different. Although there... another great cartoonist at the top of his game. It is a long one. That's that's a whole trade paperback. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. I haven't read that since they first came out in Eight Ball. We have it? the original Eight Ball issues. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so funny that one, the, the David Boring was actually wasn't it just two issues? So like the, the entire issue is composed of David Boring. They're I might over... actually pull out the issues. I have the issues. I do too. They're oversized, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. Thanks, Amir. I have like three versions of it and I've never read it. Yeah, thanks. Oh, it's about time then. Get to yeah, it, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. it for next Sunday. All hey, right. Thanks. Yeah. This is always so fun. Glad we get to talk about these kind of yeah. books. Thank you, Jason. Oh, thank you.